What's up, everybody? Welcome to this episode of the Man Cave Podcast brought to you by Hy-V and Toys and Ford. Dan Casper here with you, as always, for every episode of the podcast. Coming up at the back end, the second half of this episode, I'm going to give you my top five teams in the NFL right now, my my power five, if you will, especially after this weekend where we saw both the Cowboys and the Eagles lose. How does that change the rankings? Does a new team come in here? We'll get to that. But we begin this episode of the podcast where I did a little research. I like doing my research. You know that. I like to I like to kind of dig a little bit deeper. You know, one of my one of my bugaboos of of many is when fans make blanket statements without providing some facts providing some you know uh info to to go along with it like why why do you make a a statement like that or what do you have to support maybe that's because that's my history minor in college coming out through but you know when you make an argument you have to support that that argument you have to support it like what what's what's the facts or what are your opinions that are that are you're basing that off of and how do you support that so one of them, you know, that I've been hearing uh, a lot was the the last couple weeks of some Packers fans out there saying that you know why you know keep Rashawn Gary on the field why you know this guy isn't on there more why aren't they doing this you know et cetera et cetera et cetera and you know it's it's clearly evident that this Packers defense is. It really values or or believes in is maybe the best way to say it uh, to to have a rotation for their edge rushers, you know, keep the guys fresh and you know just kind of breaking up the snaps and such. So I wanted to take a look at snap counts and kind of look at where these guys, these players, compare to some of the other top edge rushers, pass rushers in the league. So, because and, and kind of got the idea a little bit yesterday, Rob Domofsky always posts after a game snap counts and, and, and such. And I was kind of curious to see where Rashawn Gary uh, was with his, with his snap counts. And in the game, week 15, in that game against Tampa Bay, Rashawn Gary played 37 snaps. That's 60 Sixty percent of the defensive snaps, Rashawn Gary was out there. It was pretty darn even to like Preston and Rashawn were out there, and then it was Kiki and and Lucas because Preston also played sixty percent of the snaps, thirty-seven, and then you had Lucas Van Ness playing twenty-six, forty-two percent, and Enoch Barre twenty-five snaps, forty percent. Basic math tells us 60 plus 40 is 100% of the snaps. And when you kind of look at it, you know, I, I've got the, the numbers up throughout every week uh, for, for the season. It a lot of times follows a similar trend. It, it's a lot of times here, especially since week six, when it looks like maybe that snap count was removed from, from Rashad and Gary. A lot of it is that 70, 30, 60, 40. I, I'd say 65, 40. 60-40. Preston Rashawn getting the 60-65. Kingsley 
and Lucas getting the 40, 45. There's a couple instances where it's a little bit off, but the majority of these weeks are like that. I'm like, okay. But how does that compare to some of the other top edge, edge rushers out there? Do other teams with with these edge rushers, these top defensive players, have the same mindset of rotations? And part of it, too, why I wanted to look into this was Pro Football Focus. I had seen on Twitter releasing their pass rush percentages and, and seeing a lot of the familiar names up there, right? Miles Garrett, Micah Parsons. Mac Cro- Max Crosby, Nick Bosa, et cetera, et cetera. I'm like, okay, you know, I, and Rashawn Gary's not on there. I'm like, okay, let's 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 do a little bit of a, a deeper dive into this thing. Is it reps? Is it you know more opportunities? Is it more snaps on the field? And I'll be honest, I was a little surprised to to see the difference in this thing. So for comparison's sake, let's set this up. Rashawn Gary, if we're looking starting week seven on, because they had the bye in week six and. When you look at these numbers, it's clearly evident that the snap count was lifted after the bye week. So Rashawn Gary, his first five weeks of the season, 16% of the snaps, 27, 38, 27, 47. After that, Rashawn Gary, the most – we're going to go based off percentages because every game they're, you know, it's not going to be the same amount of plays. The most snaps – or the, mo- the highest percentage of snaps that Rashawn Gary played this season was actually against the Giants, Week 14, when he played 70% of the snaps. Okay, 70% of the snaps. Otherwise, it has been consistently in the 60s, albeit the Week 12 game against Detroit, when he played 51% of the snaps. And that he actually had a pretty darn good game in that one. But it's been... 60s highest he's ever had at any point this season was that Giants game, 70%. Throw in Preston Smith, the highest he ever had was week 11 in that uh, Los Angeles game, 78%. Otherwise, the next highest one for even Preston Smith, who's been playing every game this year, his next highest one was just 71%. Okay? So where does that rank? Amongst the other ones, let's start with T.J. Watt. T.J. Watt's lowest percent percent of snaps played was actually just this past weekend in Week 15. T.J. Watt's lowest is Rashawn Gary's highest, 70%. 70% of the snaps T.J. Watt played in Week 15. Before that, 91, 79, 91, 97. 97, 93, 79, 84. Okay, we're looking at, because they actually, Pittsburgh had the same bye week as, as Green Bay. Even before that, it was 86, 87, 82, 80. Higher numbers than, than Rashawn and Gary, right? It's like, okay, well, that's that's TJ Watt. Let's look at some other guys out there. You know, let's look at let's look at Micah Parsons with, with the Dallas Cowboys, okay? Where is he at? I'll go in reverse order from week 15 backwards. 72, 76, 91, 90, 77. His lowest, besides week one, was in week 10, 68%. But 82, 77, 93, 83. You catching kind of a, a theme going on here a little bit? 
What about Nick Bosa, 49ers, right? They got depth across that uh, defensive line. They do some rotations over there too. Nick Bosa, where's where's he at? His lowest percentage was actually just this past week in 264, 85, 72, 88, 87. In fact, in week eight, the dude played 100% of the snaps. 91, 89. Max Crosby, I'll just do one more. I'm not going to go through some of the, the top ones out there. And I'll tell you what, what I'm getting at here. Max Crosby, right? Having a pretty darn good year this year. 97, 82, 100, 100, 100, 100, 97, 100, 100, 100. Max Crosby. How many one, played every single snap in some of these games? Because he's their best edge rusher. He's their best pass rusher. So when I saw those numbers, I'm like, okay, this got to change. I, you know, I'm all about you know keeping guys fresh and and having a rotation and such. But when you've got Rashawn Gary. A guy who's getting paid as one of the top edge rushers out there in football. We we I want to see this guy out there more. I get about 60-40 rotate. You know, I understand some of the mindsets behind that, keeping guys fresh and such, but I want a game record out there as much as I possibly can. And if I'm gonna if you're gonna limit a guy like Gary to be out there 60, 65% or the highest he's ever had. 70% of the time, you're doing your defense a disservice by taking one of your best players out of the game. I mean, you got corners who are playing 100% of the snaps. You've got Quay Walker playing 100% of the snaps. You've got these guys playing, you know, Kenny Clark's even playing 80-some percent of the snaps. TJ Slayton is actually playing like high in the high 60s, for crying out loud, too. And finally, Rashawn Gary cracked the seventy percent to to limit one of your best players and your best pass rusher to that. To me, is a disservice to your defense. And then I was like, okay, let me. I want to go back a little bit to you know when they had Zadarius and Preston. They drafted Rashawn Gary. You know, it's like okay, what what were those numbers like under Mike Patton? where they could have a little rotation. Completely different than what Joe Barry's doing right now with his defense with his pass rushers. So in 2019, Matt LaFleur's first year, Mike Patton, Zadarius Smith, Preston Smith come over. Rashawn Gary's a rookie that year. Zadarius, 92, 86, 81. I'm not going to throw out all of them. 88, 83, 87, 94, 92, 87, 90. Preston, 99, 88, 86, 84, 90, 83, 85, 91, 98. They're getting out there. Heck, even Kyler Fackrell was almost getting 50% of the snaps. Rashawn's rookie year, he was about mid to high 20s. Mid to high 20s. The highest he had was 36 in week three. Rookie, you're easing him on in. Okay, how about second year of uh, Rashawn Gary? The COVID year, where they lost to Tampa Bay in the NFC Championship game in, in Green Bay. 
not a whole lot different. The only difference is, is that Rashawn Gary got more snaps too. But Zadarius was still getting 80s, 90s. Preston, 80s. Rashawn was getting up actually in the 60s, low 60s, high 50s. It's because at least Patton was getting his best pass rushers all on the field at the same time. He was blitzing Zadarius up the middle. He was getting a little creative with that. Getting his best guys out on the field and realizing, okay, who are my best guys out there to get after the quarterback? Let's try to get them out on the field at the same time. And then when you look at it, you know, after 2021, you know, Barry comes in, you see that trend change. Even with, you know, even with Zadarius, remember 2021, Zadarius played the first game and then we didn't see him until that postseason game against the 49ers. It was the, you know, Rashawn getting into that starting role, 70s. Couple 80s in there. I mean, an 80% and such. But Preston, 70s. Kingsley Kiki was the next one up there with the highest percentage. Kingsley Kiki. It's like, what are we? Gosh. I get rotation and such, but come on. that's that's. I want to see Rashawn out there more. I want to see him out there 80% of snaps. And I guarantee you. I guarantee you, I don't know the man, but I guarantee you, if you tell Rashawn, hey, we're going to increase your snaps, he'd be like, about time. Let's go out there and do it. I want that guy out there as much as possible. I want to see that guy out there getting after the quarterback as much as possible. Again, I understand about trying to keep guys fresh, but when Gary is here... And no offense, I think Enoch Barre is a, a solid depth player. But I'd rather have Rashawn Gary out there more. Getting after especially now when you're paying him to be a top of the line pass rusher, you've got to get that guy out there eighty percent, at least eighty percent of the time. At least eighty percent of the time. Why are why are we doing this? You know, when you got DeVito getting a player of the week, Baker's gonna get player of the week here, and all this stuff, you know. Getting after the quarterback, collapsing the pocket. We gotta get the best guys out there. We gotta get a little more creative. We gotta we gotta utilize our talent better. You know, I was looking at some of the former players, you know, we're kind of chiming in or NFL players and and that's kind of where I look at, you know, a lot of you know, opinions because you know we're just Joe Blows sitting on our couches in our man caves watching these games and you know sounding smart after having you know maybe a couple beverages and such and I I tend to look at former players who have been there before been in the building been in these practices been in these meetings and and to kind of get their opinions and such and you know a lot of them said you know Green Bay's got talent on defense it's just not they're not utilizing their talent they're not they're not getting the most out of their talent. And I feel like this is one area where they're not utilizing their talent, where they're not getting the most out of their talent. I want to see these guys out there more. I want to see a guy like Rashawn Gary out there more. Give them more opportunities. Get them out there. Let them be a game wrecker. To me, in my opinion, there's no reason why Rashawn Gary shouldn't be 
in the same, you know, when you talk about edge rushers, top edge rushers in the NFL, you know, the T.J. Watts, the Micah Parsons, you know, Miles Garrett this year, Max Crosby, you know, those guys. To me, there's there's no reason why Rashawn Gary can't be in that group. And I, I honestly believe that he's being held back a little bit. I believe he's being held back a little bit. And I want to unleash the horses here a little bit. And I still believe, even with, with Joe Barry going to be finishing the year as, as defensive coordinator, I believe that change will happen in the offseason. I, I firmly believe that. I think that will happen. And whoever that, that defensive coordinator is going to be, it's it, it's got to go to... I, I mean, I want them to be able to utilize Gary and these guys a little bit more and be a little bit more aggressive and have them on the field more. I mean, I go back to earlier in the season when you know Rashawn didn't want to snap count. He wanted to go out there early. And I get it for from a medical standpoint and such. You want to get out there. But, man, get him out there. We know he wants to be out there. We know he wants to be out there. How many times have we seen him getting annoyed and pissed off when he gets taken out or subbed in and out? And I know a lot of people want Jimmy Leonard as as defensive coordinator. And, and you know, I'll just say if you if you want Jimmy Leonard as, as your offense or as your defensive coordinator, be prepared that if you were not a Mike Pettin fan, you're gonna get almost the same exact style of defense. Are you good with that? That's that's the style of defense Jimmy Leonard played under. He played under Mike Pettin. That was his guy. It was Rex Ryan, but Mike Pettin's a Rex Ryan guy. When Rex Ryan was head coach, Mike Pettin was his defensive coordinator. Jimmy Leonard was under there. So if you want Jimmy Leonard to, to be your next defensive coordinator, you better be ready to have a similar style of defense that Mike Patton brought in. And if you didn't like it, you're probably not going to like Jimmy Leonard's style of defense. Take away the name Jimmy Leonard. Take away the fact that he played at Wisconsin. Let's be real. A lot of Packers fans probably would probably not want that. Let's be real. Let's call a spade a spade at that point. Let's take a quick break here, and then I'm going to reveal my top five NFL teams right now after a weird weekend, after a weird week 15 where we saw the Eagles and the Cowboys lose. How does that affect the top five? I'll tell you after this quick break. Winter is here in the Chippewa Valley, which means it's even more important to make sure you have a good vehicle to hit the winter roads of Wisconsin. Need that vehicle for this winter season? Look no further than Toyson Ford in Chippewa Falls. Whether it's a car, truck, or SUV from their new or used inventory, Toyson Ford has the vehicle you're looking for. Making sure you have a good, proper working vehicle is incredibly important this winter season, and Toyson Ford knows that. Just give them a visit today at 1000 Chippewa Crossing Boulevard and visit ToysonFord.com. 
Prepare for the holidays with your local holiday headquarters, Hy-Vee in Eau Claire. Whether you're looking to prepare for a big holiday feast or looking to grab some party platters, Hy-Vee in Eau Claire has everything you need to make your holiday get-togethers extra special this year. And remember, Hy-Vee in Eau Claire is your headquarters for all of your catering needs for those work Christmas parties. From a wide selection in their meat department, bakery goods as far as the eye can see, and a massive wine and spirits department, Hy-Vee has something for everyone. Plus, get some Christmas shopping done with their new toy aisles and sports shop. Get ready for the holidays with Hy-Vee. My top five NFL teams right now. Kind of a weird weekend. Weird week 14. When you look at, or weird week 15, excuse me. Uh, when you look at some of these scores, or some of these games. You had the Colts dominating Pittsburgh 30-13. to Detroit bouncing back and dominating Denver. A Denver team that has been playing a lot better as of late, but they put up 42 points against Denver, 42-17 to Saturday night. Uh, then you look at Cleveland just edging out Chicago, a Chicago team that's been playing a little bit better. Kansas City defeating New England 27-17. San Francisco and Arizona was closer a little bit. Actually, San Francisco allowing Arizona to put up 29 points, but uh, San Francisco getting that 45-29 to victory. Buffalo and Dallas, not a... Not a throwing clinic, but a dominating performance by Buffalo, 31-10 against the Cowboys. Baltimore taking down Jacksonville, 23-7. And then Philadelphia last night losing their third game in a row, dropping down to 10-4 and on the season. So, my top five. Number five, I'm going to go with the Detroit Lions sitting there at 10-4 uh, and on the season. Currently the three-seed in the uh, in the NFC standings, but with Dallas losing and Philly losing, they're just a game back. I mean, they can move up here a little bit more, considering when you look at like Dallas's upcoming schedule here too, and you look at uh, the Lions' schedule. You know, they've got the Vikings twice, and then they visit the Cowboys in the middle there. Maybe Detroit can climb up there a little bit in terms of the NFC standings, but uh, I'm I know they they lost to Chicago the week prior. But bouncing back with a nice win against Denver, factoring in with Philly's third loss in a row, I've got Denver or I've got Detroit climbing in to, to my top five right now. Detroit at five, number four. I'm going to go with Dallas. Uh, I'm going to go with Dallas at, at, at number four right now. Um, I know it's between them and, and and Philly, but Dallas just dominated Philly uh, a couple weeks ago, so I'll go with Dallas at number four right now. They've got to play better on the road, though. I mean, they're, what, undefeated at home, and they're like 3-4 and four on the road so far this year, and they almost need to get that 2-seed or 3-seed. They need that home playoff game if they want to advance here a little bit because if they go on the road, if they get that first wild card spot and they got to go on the road, they may win that 4-5 matchup, but ooh, after that, it's going to get a little tricky. So I'll go Dallas at four. I'm going to go with Miami at number three. Miami picking up a win against the lowly Jets this past weekend, even without uh, Tyreek Hill up there. But the Dolphins, now you look at these final three games for the Miami Dolphins, and as the kids say, it's about to get real. It's going to get real here. Huge game coming up on Christmas Eve between the Dolphins and the Cowboys. Cowboys coming off that bad loss against Buffalo. Dolphins looking to stay pace and be one of the top seeds in the AFC. And this is going to be in Miami, but huge game there. Then after that, the Dolphins on New Year's Eve 
go visit Baltimore, and then they finish up their season at home against a Buffalo team that now you got all the experts saying that's the team you don't want to play in the playoffs, just like it was Green Bay a couple weeks ago. Now it's Buffalo, team you don't want to have to play in the playoffs. That's one of the most overused sports phrases, in my opinion. Team you don't want to play in the postseason. But, uh, yeah, Cowboys, Ravens, Bills. That's the final three games here for this Dolphins team. If the Dolphins want to you know, be a legit threat to maybe win a, win a championship, win a Super Bowl, no better way to, to ride into the postseason with some really good momentum by finishing off the season strong against a very, very tough schedule. Number two, I'm going to go with Baltimore uh, with that win against Jacksonville uh, the other night here. Baltimore in the number one spot in the AFC currently with their 11-3 and record, and they've got a huge game coming up Christmas night. I'll just tell you right now with I think the number one team in the NFL. This will decide who the number one team is in the NFL. That's the 49ers. But huge Christmas night game against Baltimore and San Francisco. It's in San Francisco. Maybe, maybe determines who's going to be the league or the odds-on favorite for MVP. You know, you've been hearing a lot of Brock Purdy. You've been hearing a lot about Christian McCaffrey. Uh, Jalen Hurts' stock's a little bit down. Dak Prescott's now is down a little bit. Lamar Jackson's starting to um, get up. His stock is starting to to rise uh, a little bit there, too. But huge, huge Christmas Christmas night game between these two teams that I think will, after that, will, will be the new number one team. I mean, let's face it. So that's why I've got 49ers at one. Baltimore at number two, but you look at Baltimore's upcoming schedule, 49ers, and then they got the Dolphins right after that at home. They finish up the season against the Steelers. 49ers, my number one team currently right now in the NFL. The other part in this too, you know, I know Baltimore's traveling cross country. 49ers are 5-1 at home this year. Baltimore, 6-1 and one on the road. 6-1 and one on the road this year. But, uh, you know, after this, you got the Commanders for the 49ers, and then they finish up against the Rams. But that game could be big for for both those teams, for maybe the 49ers to clinch the one seed, and maybe at this point for the for the Rams to clinch one of those wild card spots, to, to clinch one of those final wild card spots. Your current update on where things stand in this uh, in this playoff chase, if you're looking at it here. We've got, uh, as we said, Baltimore in the number one spot. Miami 2, Kansas 3. Jacksonville holding on ever so slightly to that final spot, or I should say that, that division lead in the AFC South. They're in the four spot, four seed. Cleveland's at five. Cincinnati at six. Indy's at seven, but right behind them are the Colt or the Texans with the same record at eight and six. Buffalo, eight and six. Pittsburgh, seven and seven. Denver, Seven and seven two. NFC side of things, San Francisco holding on to the one seed. You got Dallas right behind them. Detroit now right behind them. Tampa Bay holding on to the four seed because they are the NFC South division leader. Somebody's got to win that division. With the loss last night, Philly uh, still in that uh, first wild card spot. The five seed Minnesota is at six with a seven and seven record. Rams holding on to the final playoff spot with a seven and seven record. Seattle though with that big win last night. They're in the conversation. 
They're at seven and seven. New Orleans seven and seven. Then you got Atlanta and Green Bay six and eight. So that's where things stand with just three more weeks left to go here in the NFL season. It's going to be kind of fun to watch these these uh, wild card games coming up here in these last three weeks, especially when you look at you know the NFC side of things. May not be the greatest teams out there. Minnesota, can they hold on? They got a couple games against the Lions coming up here. Rams, can they hold on? Seattle, can they use the momentum of that win from last night? Can New Orleans find a way to get in there? Atlanta's making another quarterback change. They're going back to Taylor Heineke. Is Green Bay, can they somehow win their final three to have a winning record and then maybe put themselves in a position? AFC side of things, it's like the AFC South. A fight between Jacksonville, Colts, and Texans all sitting there at 8-6. and six. Buffalo now 8-6. and six. Couple big wins for them to put themselves back in in a position to maybe get in that postseason. They got a game against the Chargers coming up Thursday. Patriots, and then they finish up at the Dolphins. That's going to be a huge game potentially for both those teams. Maybe just maybe uh, decides who the AFC East winner is going to be, depending on how the Dolphins do. The couple weeks before that, Dolphins got a very tough schedule. Bills take care of business before that? Maybe. Who knows? All right, that's going to do it for us on this uh, episode of the Man Cave Podcast, brought to you by Hyvee and Toyson Ford. As always, big thanks for tuning in, and if you haven't already, click that follow or subscribe button. It's free to subscribe, and while you're there, while you're listening, if you could be a friend, especially during this holiday season, to give us a five-star rating and a positive review so others can find the podcast. It takes you just a couple of seconds over there. But until next time, I'm Dan Casper. I will talk to you on the next episode of the Man Cave Podcast.